Hello, world! Welcome to another episode of Outside the Valley, a podcast where we interview remote startup leaders, remote workers, and companies who thrive outside of Silicon Valley. This is a podcast where remote companies share what works and what doesn't, so you can do it right. Outside the Valley is brought to you by ARC, A-R-C, the remote hiring platform that helps you to hire remote software engineers and teams easily. I'm your host for today, Jovian Gautama. Today on the show, we have Hidden Shah, the founder and CEO of FYI. For some of you, Hidden might not need more introduction. Uh, he is a very experienced startup founder and product expert that has been running startups since 2003. He's also the founder of tech startups like Kissmetrics, Crazy Egg, and Quicksprout. Uh, we talked about how Hidden has been leading remote teams since uh, out of college since he started his first business. We also talked about the remote work report that is uh, written by Hidden and his uh, co-founder Mayor Prokopets. The importance of figuring out your remote work structure and why hiring is about opting in. An interesting theme in this interview is um, Hidden's core message actually, which is you have to figure out what works for you. I mean. Today, you can easily find articles about remote work best practices, remote work management, including this podcast, actually. Uh, it's a resource for you to lead remote teams better. However, Hidden Strong recommends you to figure it out yourself, just like if you're a startup founder or a product guy, try to figure out what's best for your customers and for your product. If your personality, management style, and team structure are currently not suitable for remote work, admit it. and. Try to find a solution that works for you, and if you still want to build a remote team, try to figure out what you can improve. So, without further ado, here is today's episode with Hidden Shah. Hello, Hidden. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I love to start this podcast with your entrepreneurial journey, like how did you start your first company and so on. Sure. I started my first company which was a consulting company back in 2003. And I started it because I was getting out of college and my co-founder now brother-in-law was getting into college and he had one customer paying him $3,500 a month to do SEO. So we started a consulting business doing SEO at the time. And that's where I got to learn a lot about online marketing. And within the first year we decided to start building products. And that's when crazy egg uh, came up. Uh, after building about a dozen products, we realized that um, we can um, we, we got lucky with that one. But the real key was that we wanted to diversify from doing consulting uh, into something that's more repeatable and scalable. And subscription software as a service businesses were very early at the time. This ended up being about 2005. Um, four and five is when we really started building software. And we just went all in on that. That's great because from my research, as far as I know that you've actually, when it comes to remote hiring, you've been working remotely, so to speak, since that time, right? 2003, you've been hiring, uh, I assume like freelancers around time. So it feels like remote work is just like work to you, so to speak, in a sense, like the future of work is actually the past for you. It's actually a good quote, I should use that. Um, so yeah, uh, before we move on to that, so I want to talk a bit more about the remote work report that uh, you've just published recently. Uh, can you share a bit more about what's the motivation of you guys writing this report? 
We looked around and we know there's a lot of like state of remote work and other types of reports that have been written in the past. Mm -hmm. And we, we really like to do things differently. Mm -hmm. And the way we do research, uh, just like we do product research, is not the same as other people do where they are asking a lot of multiple choice questions and things like that. What we do is we actually ask open-ended questions, like what's your number one challenge with remote work? And we actually read right. every single response and analyze the results. So our approach is uh, different. And our approach gets us really uh, people's language and the exact words they use for these things. So we decided to use that strategy and that approach to, to get as much learnings as we could about remote work and how people feel about it. We also went on Twitter and started asking a bunch of questions about remote work as well. We also used it to verify some of our data. Right. Um, one of the pieces of data we wanted to verify was in our research report, people said in our survey, people said 60% of the people, actually 60% of the people who were surveyed, they said they work remotely 100% of the time. So on Twitter, I asked, do you work remotely? Yes, no, or no people on my team do. And it turns out 62% said they work remotely. So um, it's exactly what I was thinking in terms of, um, not exactly what I was thinking, is exactly the data we got back. So this, this, is, this ended up being 40,000 pixels long mm -hmm. in terms of the report and the design of it. Uh, and it's gotten you know, lots of traffic and lots of eyeballs and people keep sharing it. And it seems to be something that people like. We also included pet photos. We included <laughs> embarrassing moments, remote working. And we also included um, what people appreciate about remote work because we, we did a bunch of tweets around asking people a bunch of stuff about remote work, including what do they appreciate the most. Mm -hmm. And that got a pretty huge response. And then we also uh, saw, got some pictures of remote work setups. Uh, and then yeah. we even went further and there's this whole directory of tips on remote work. Uh, and uh, if anyone wants to see this that's listening, it's at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash remote report. And you'll be able to get to it and see the whole report that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put this on the show notes. Um, so what are the most su surprising results or finding that you find in this uh, report itself? Yeah, I think the high level like answer that we got when we asked these questions was basically everyone loves remote work. Um, the two surprising things were 91% of people who work remotely said it's a good fit for them. 96% mm -hmm. said that they would recommend working remotely to a friend. Mm -hmm. So the most surprising thing was like how much people actually love it. And contrast to that, it's how much people love it despite the different challenges that people have with remote work. So the number one challenge people have, which is obvious, which is what 27% of our respondents said was communication. Mm -hmm. And then 16% said social opportunities. 13% said loneliness and isolation. So those top three, three, top three things really um, hit on basically the key challenges that people have, which all has to do with this feeling of, of being alone, having it, finding it hard to communicate, and literally almost being desperate to find opportunities to make connection in the workplace in a way that they can't anymore because they're working remotely. Mm -hmm. In your report, in the Yenf report, this is one conclusion that actually I found it super interesting. Is basically you mentioned that uh, I'm quoting here is we haven't figured out how to deal with ourselves. So um, before this podcast, I was actually doing some research about um, you and your opinions about removal, and I bumped into this um, 
startup chat podcast with you and your friend uh, Stanley FT from uh, Close.com. Um, by the way, if you're listening to this, you should listen to the podcast. It's great podcast. They have like 400 something episodes now. Um, this is what I do in my podcast. Just promote other podcasts, by the way. So yeah, cool. it's called it's called the Startup Chat. <laughs> yes, the StartupChat.com. Right. The StartupChat.com. Uh, yeah. Listen to that. So yeah, this this episode is actually kind of an old one, like episode 181 or something like that. And I guess it's the theme about figuring a structure. Um, so I was wondering if I look back to your conclusions and that episode itself. So basically, it's the whole theme of theme about um, figuring a structure. So I wonder, in your opinion, like as a re- as a company, either you're partially remote or fully remote, what can like um, CEOs or founders or the management level do to help um, employees figure out structure? Yeah, I think. I think it's just about how a manager is paying attention to the team members and making, and this could be founders if you know, you're kind of less on the manager side and more a smaller company mm-hmm. and really just figuring out like what, helping people understand what they need to succeed with remote work. You know, what do they need? Do they need uh, to go to a co-working space? Do they prefer that? Do they need advice on how to deal with other people? Right? So this is about communication and the social aspects. Uh, do they need this on how to communicate better in a remote environment where a lot of the communication is text um, in terms of Slack or something like that, as well as like documentation. Mm-hmm. So it's really just about knowing the importance of communication and process and documentation on remote work and then doubling down on the fact that um, people on the team need help with it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, don't, I don't like to make this complicated. I don't like to provide mm-hmm. a lot of stru- structure. What I do like to do is pay attention to individual uh, team members and their needs. Right. Uh, That's interesting because uh, when it comes to individual and the needs, so another theme that I bumped into a lot when it comes to, and it's still related to the biggest challenge uh, on the remote work report is that when it comes to communication, it's mentioned a lot of times to the point that I feel, I personally feel it kind of lost meaning. Okay, how to solve that? Okay, communications. Um, and how to solve this X problem. Oh, you still need to over-communicate in a way. We, we say over-communicate a lot, but uh, in your experience or in your opinion, what is over-communicating? What actionable steps that uh, one can do to over-communicate? Yeah, I think you should err on the side of over-communicating. So you should mm-hmm. repeat the things you say. You should actually, if you're in meetings, you should make it absolutely clear what the next steps are after the meeting. You should definitely confirm things via email after if you need to, uh, if you really wanna make sure that things are clear with the team. Mm -hmm. And I think like that repetition, that clarity, like a lot of times I'll say to clarify, and then I'll say what I mean. Or I'll say, hey, can we make sure that we heard the same thing on this call? Mm -hmm. Uh, I write a lot of notes. Uh, I do all those kinds of things. And they're really, that's really the, best you can do that's really helpful when it comes to remote work to make sure that you're reiterating things repeating things clarifying things make sure making sure everyone's on the same page yeah i think it gets back to the process again so one phenomenon that i saw recently is big it's like um there's a rise of different kind of remote tools right any kind of tools that helps you make your remote team productive 
But I feel like there's the downside of that is that, you know, as a startup founder or even like startup people in general, you don't have to be a founder, marketers, developers, um, you have this like shiny new thing syndrome, right? Hey, this tool is cool. We should use this for our communication. Like, and I feel like that's now, um, how does it, before it was just only your product or sales or marketing, but now it's more like it came to the team productivity area. So, hey, let's use this to do our internal communication or let's use Notion, for example. But again, no one wants to figure out the time how to build a process in Notion. So my next question will be, right, because we've talked about the challenges, but I want to ask about you uh, personally. For you personally, what is the biggest challenge of remote work when it comes to the first one, your personal life, and the second one, uh, the team management? In terms of like what's most challenging? Yes, is what you're thinking. I think like, I don't really have that many remote work challenges at this point beyond making sure that people on the team are very suitable for remote work. And mm-hmm. if they're not suitable, then, you know, we make that very clear to them. I think anyone's suitable, but it really depends on their mindset and how we can support them and how they start basically using the freedom they have with remote work to their advantage, mm-hmm. whether it's in their personal lives or based on like the way they want to work. Uh, and and those sorts of things. So mm-hmm. I think it's really important to really focus on individual people and their right. needs because right. everyone has a different communication style. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a different set of needs when it comes to what gives them energy, what doesn't give them energy, and um, what you know sort of drains their energy, etc. So mm-hmm. I think th- those kind of things are really really important right. more than um, me thinking I'm challenged with anything. So to me, the number one challenge is really. Uh, making the team healthy, but I've been doing this for 16 years. So right. the challenges aren't personal and mine. They're more so challenges that relate to being able to lead a team, manage people, um, do all the things that you need to do to make the business successful mm-hmm. on a remote team. So I want to talk a bit about hiring a remote team members. Can you share a bit more your process um, when you're hiring someone remotely nowadays versus back then? Like, is there any uh, what's the biggest difference? And now the yeah. big, the biggest difference is is almost like the biggest similarity. So mm-hmm. the, the the biggest difference is that you know when you're hiring someone, you want to evaluate whether they'll be a good fit or not. Right. And and so you'd find ways to do that in the past. Sometimes you just hire them because you just had to because they weren't used to remote work, so you couldn't tell. Um, so you want it. So the, the what hasn't changed is the fact that you want to evaluate them. What has changed is your ability to evaluate them before you hire them. So freelancing, side gigs, working while you have a full-time job, and all that kind of stuff, that wasn't as prominent and prevalent back in the day. Mm-hmm. But because of remote work, because of things like um, Upwork mm-hmm. and all those kinds of services, and the fact that we have the internet now and we have Slack and ways to communicate, I would say that it's much easier to evaluate someone, have them actually do work with you without having right. to hire them full-time. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you share a bit about your own hiring process now? So let's say you're hiring a developer tomorrow. Yeah, typically we're, we're just spending a lot of time in the beginning making sure that they understand how our team works mm-hmm. and that they're okay with the way we work. Mm-hmm. And so we're asking a lot of questions around that, helping expose them to how we work, making them sort of feel like they're either opting into it or opting out of it. Mm-hmm. Especially with remote work where for us there's a lot more um, process around how they need to do engineering. We really right. focus in on um, making, making sure that we get accurate timelines. 
for things and when they ship to customers. And we make sure that we have a process that helps engineers learn how to provide accurate timelines. Those kinds of things are really what make the difference between how we think about sort of hiring and, and the person and how they might think about working with us. So the difference here is like, we want them to opt into our environment and that's really the most important thing. And that's, I think, the most important thing on a remote team. So we want to expose themselves or expose them to that sort of um, way of working that we have in our right. company. And I think for remote teams, this is way more important than mm. anything else. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, so going back a couple of uh, years ago, like 2016, back to the Startup Chat podcast, everyone listen to that. Um, episode 92. <laughs> So I'm very, being very specific on this. So at that time, um, it was slightly different world back in internet years. You know, it was ages ago. Um, I remember Stelly FD was talking about they just um, starting Close.com to be a remote company. And at that time, um, you were already working remotely, of course. But at that time, you mentioned your opinion on that is, um, quote unquote, I don't wish remote upon anybody. So... What was the difference between your opinion back then about remote work and your opinion now? If there's my opinion hasn't my opinion hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. I think there's so much about remote work that's that makes getting work done harder to do, mm-hmm. and that that's the fundamental difference between um, remote work and non-remote work, which is work is harder to get done. Mm-hmm. You don't get to go walk to someone's desk and talk to them. You don't get to have like a lack of process and accountability like you might on a team where you're all sitting at the same sort of desk or mm-hmm. same in the same area and able to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. You don't get that. You don't get that unless you're really spending a lot of time and energy around your processes and how people work and really defining the way the whole company operates and the way it works. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's, a, that, that's like the biggest difference and it's such a big game changer when it comes to how people think about remote work. And the game changer there is simply, you're, we're not used to it. As humans, we're just not used to it. Like, think about it. If the number one challenge is communication, mm-hmm. we're not used to it. And like you said, like people are coming up with all these different um, tools that they want to use, and they make it all about the tools. I, I think it's right. more about getting work done. Yeah. Not about the tools. So I, I focus much more, and we do on our teams, on like, what are we looking to accomplish? How are we going to be able to accomplish that? Mm-hmm. And that's the primary objective. Less so, oh, what tool do we need to use? Honestly, like being like, even here in art, there are a lot of things that we're still uh, figuring out. Like, for example, we are actually a hybrid team. Some of the team members are co-located and some of them are uh, distributed. And sometimes even for the co-located teams, it's hard to find documents, which I probably should... Um, uh, promote FYI to them. But yes, I mean, there's a lot of problems that remote teams face, which is actually um, just like collocated teams also face at the same time. So it's really about, like you mentioned, just like getting work done, getting shit done, and just get your process, um, get your process work all together. And I want to uh, dive into a bit about yourself as a startup leader. So what interest me i've been following your twitter i've been following you um your writings for a while and you are a 
prolific writer. And just just around just to move away from the um the topic of remote work or business in general, can you share a bit more like uh were you always interested in writing since you were young or I was always always interested in communication. Mm-hmm. And I think right. writing is one key form of communication. Right. So to me the the interest was more about communication, how people speak to each other, how um you communicate with other people, whether it's one to one, one to many, or mm-hmm. even many to many. Uh, and those kind of environments. I even studied organizational behavior mm-hmm. uh, during undergrad. I only went to undergrad. Um, and so it's just something about the way people work, the way humans interact. I think a lot of that has to do with communication. And it's just something that's uh, been uh, a topic I really care about. And mm-hmm. a lot of that has to do with like understanding people's context, right. asking really great questions and a lot of like sort of things like that. Right. So yeah, um, the reason why I brought this up because I've talked to um, several um, CEOs and startup leaders and apparently Claire Liu, the CEO of Know Your Team. One of yep. the key traits that she mentioned on a good remote leader is um, writing. They have to be a great writer. So I was thinking like, um, does your love for writing, do you feel like it shapes your leadership or management style in one way or another? Because your love for communications and for concise writing, do you think it shapes I, you? Yeah. I, think, I think it does. I really value people who can clearly communicate. It doesn't matter what level in the company they are. I think clarity of communication and people who are looking to improve the way that they interact with other people, th- those things are fairly important to me. How can someone be a better communicator, especially when it's set of, um, in the circumstances of remote work? Whatever your leadership style is and your communication style is, the mm-hmm. more clearly you can understand yourself and right. what you prefer and how other people, how you prefer other people communicating with you, I think the better. For example, in my case, if, if I have a direct report, I want them to own the one-on-one meetings we have. Right. I want them to determine the agenda. I want them to write down what they want to talk about. And that's how I like to do it. I might have my own thoughts and ideas, but I want them to own the document uh, because we use a document for that. That's like just updated every, every one-on-one and it's their job. It's literally their job to figure out what they want to talk about because it's their work. They own their work. I don't own their work. It's not my job to do their work. It doesn't benefit me when they do their work. It might benefit the business, but it doesn't benefit me personally. Mm-hmm. So I really think about it like giving people ownership over things that, are, that they should own. And that's really important. I would say that that's like one big piece of advice I have, which is like, do you prefer that? Or do you prefer making the agenda for your one-on-ones? It's totally fine, mm-hmm. but make sure that the people that you're working with understand those things about you. So no, I think another thing about remote work itself, even though that, we've been talking about, you know, hiring someone you can cross and so on. But there are still startup founders, like in my opinion, even though they believe, oh yeah, I know remote work works. I know there's a lot of big companies are doing that. But there are a lot of startup founders that can just get out, cannot get rid of the trust because they still have this, some kind of uh, quote-unquote paranoia, paranoia. It's probably too strong of a word. But they just feel like, okay, what if things don't uh, get done? And these people are actually those people that they want to try remote work itself. Like, okay, I am uh, collocated now, but I want to um, start 
creating a remote team for whatever reason, right? Either, either for uh, more talents or for giving more flexibility to employee, but they just find difficulties um, either on the trust part on their end or communication part. Um, what questions do you think these people should ask themselves when it comes to, um, to building a remote team from scratch? So if someone's trying to build a remote team from scratch and they're starting yeah. from zero? Right, starting um, from zero or they are, have a co-located team now and just want to try out having remote teams or hiring remotely. Yeah, I think that's an important use case that we're going to see more and more companies struggle with. The reason is if you're not remote, all the things that happen in the office, many of them you need to duplicate on your remote right. team. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? Mm-hmm. That, that's the that's the real question. I think that's right. what makes it really tough um, mm. for many people right. to figure this problem out. Right. Do you feel like in the future there will be some like specific roles inside the company that will help figuring things out? Well, not necessarily in terms of remote work, but like internal communications. Like, I think it's possible. I would hope we don't need that. Right. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense because um, a lot of I think a lot of founders, I mean, in my opinion, a lot of founders, I think, still kind of struggling around this bit because a lot of founders, I think a lot of them are, uh, you know, product people. They just want to ship stuff, which is good, right? But I guess a lot of founders, actually, they don't really see their company as a product, if that makes sense. So I see, I see some CEOs that does um, see their company as a product. Okay, what experiment that we can do? Uh, for the company. So, for example, if we do this, uh, I'm just um, putting an example, this one remote day per week and see how it goes. But that's what we're actually doing now at Arc, actually. Like, we want to a uh, couple of remote days per week and expand from that. Or even in terms of employee happiness, right? Uh, what if we do this kind of activities uh, once a month? So, yeah, I think for me, it's uh, get back to that founder's probably can see their companies more as a product, if that makes sense. Yep. So Hins, um, your co-founder Mary, I think just yesterday uh, from the, this podcast recorded, just post, published a uh, blog post about the 11 best practices for a working remotely. Uh, can you share a bit more about those, uh, those points f- for our listeners? Yeah, so we've done a lot of research on remote work, hundreds of survey responses, uh, probably a thousand plus Twitter replies to mm. some of the tweets that we've been doing. And she's also been writing majority of the content that we've written on remote work. I wrote one piece of content. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been writing all the other pieces of content around it. The one I wrote was around remote work resources. And I found 58 of the best resources on the internet. And I plan on constantly updating it just because I, I like going and finding content. Right. And it, it was surprising to me that I didn't find a hundred. Uh, and I, I spent hours, so I didn't right. just do, you know, I didn't just do it or make those up. Uh, they're very good resources, in my opinion, and I read them all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after we did that, and we started talking, and she's like, you know, there's this stuff in my head from remote work, and I feel like I can write a guide on it. And so this is basically our, the start of what we would call our guide to remote work. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list out the 11 best practices, mm-hmm. but this, this post is about 5,000 words. And it's on our FYI blog and it's really thoughtful and 
it gives you the tips you need. There's a ton of images in it to help you kind of look at these tips and do something with them, almost like checklists. So the 11 best practices are practice good meeting etiquette, experiment with what makes you most productive, prioritize documentation and clear communication, create boundaries between work and life, make yourself visible at work, schedule time for socializing, connect with your teammates, do postmortems on key projects, build in accountability, define your and the team's responsibilities, and last but not least, which I think a lot of people mess up easily and quickly, especially when they first get into remote work, is focus on your health. Mm -hmm. So these are our best practices that we've sort of started building out, I think, what might turn out to be a guide at some point um, around remote work. Mm -hmm. uh, but we've already written a lot of different things about it. So we, we wanted to get this out as well, especially because Marie was very, uh, very much in remote work mode. Uh, and we all work remotely on our team. We have about a dozen people at FYI and about 20 at one of my other businesses, Crazy Egg, and we've been remote for a long time. And um, yeah, and, and I've gotten a team up to about 70 people remote. Uh, and I'm also an advisor to Automatic as well as Buffer. Uh, so I have watched kind of these teams scale to hundreds of people um, mm -hmm. working remotely. What's your workspace, so to speak? Like for me, I can't work from home usually. I need to go to the coffee shop or co-working space? I'm sitting on a beanbag. I sit on my beanbag as much as I can. My laptop's plugged in, it's on my lap, and it's very comfortable. Mm -hmm. I literally spend most of my time on my beanbag when I'm working. The second place I work from is from my phone. Mm -hmm. So oh. I, 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 I said this tweet the other day, which right, is right. working from phone is the new working from home. And uh, it, I, I really believe that. I've been working on my phone quite a bit. Uh, and over the last like five years and it's been great mm -hmm. uh, and, it's, and it's very effective. I can write, I can write a whole blog post on my phone. I can respond to lots of emails. I type really fast on my phone or tap really mm -hmm. fast on my phone. So it's a really effective way for me. So I guess it's also an interesting thing, tying it back to uh, figuring a structure, right? I feel like there's around a theme of like, you have to experiment what works for you. So for example, if, Okay, like you just, let's say you just start working remotely and you just find, okay, coffee shop doesn't work for me. It's too noisy. And then you move to co-working space. Oh, co-working space still doesn't work. It's, I don't like the commute, for example. And then you try another thing. Oh, it's apparently home is still the best place, but I cannot do it on my couch. I need to do it on my beanbag, for example. I saw, uh, I listened to your interview on the We Work Remotely podcast, the remote show. Is that, is that a competitor? I don't care. So. So basically, one of the theme is that you mentioned the problem of the remote work is on a very psychological level or very human level. In your opinion, what questions or, I mean, if, what best practices that everyone should ask themselves when it comes to, am I suitable for remote work or how can I find uh, the best um, way for me to be the most productive? Um, version of myself? I think experimentation is a key and just trying mm -hmm. different things. I, I don't really have a better answer because look, mm -hmm. the amount of freedom you get when you're doing remote work is ridiculous. That's, that's why it's not about the tools. It's about mm -hmm. the process. A lot of tools dictate a certain process. What, we're, what we think about is what is the process, not what is the tool. And then will the, will the tool work for our process? That's how we always approach 
any kind of work, any kind of tools, um, whether it's an analytics tool, a task management tool, a document app that we're going to use, we really think through the process, not the tool. And this is why we're building FYI because mm-hmm. FYI doesn't dictate any kind of process for you. Right. We're just, we just learned how people want to find documents and built something that already works for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get it. I can see like how your philosophy is actually um, conveys in FYI as a product. Like you mentioned, right? Um, because from this chat and from the previous interview I heard from you, you're basically, it's all about, hey, this is what works for me, but you have to figure out what works for yourself. And these That's are right. resources that I compiled that probably can help you. But again, you, you all, y'all need to figure this shit out by yourself. And yes, and it really conveys. So I think for my last question for today, is there any plans from your end to publish more uh, studies or more uh, articles about remote work? Yeah, we're go- we're going to be doing a lot more things on remote work, mm-hmm. uh, one way or another. I think mm-hmm. there's one thing that we're going to be doing that I'm really excited about that I'm not going to share. Right. Um, uh, it's just uh, uh, something that we. Can you give a we, sneak peek? Uh, just a teaser. A teaser. I don't, I'm excited to create something that people want to explore related to remote work beyond huh. just the, the tips that we've built. Huh. So it's something where people can come explore and learn. Mm-hmm. They're already kind of going to do that with our tips. We have 180 tips in right. there. Right. Remote um, resources, yeah. Yeah, it's like the remote tips actually, remote yeah. work tips. Mm-hmm. And what I'm looking to do is create something that puts more remote work information in one place. Right, so then again, Thank you so much for your time today. And how can one find you online? Uh, I'm HN Shah, H-N-S-H-A-H, at, uh, uh, and that's my uh, Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm also, uh, I have a newsletter that I do with my co-founder, Marie, and that's at producthabits.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Awesome. So, and then, yeah. and then obviously my business is usefyi.com. <laughs> So. Right. So yeah, for listeners out there, please uh, follow Hidden on Twitter. Even if you're not on Twitter, just look at look him on Twitter and just to scroll and his Twitter feeds a lot of startup and business wisdom out there. And Thanks. I also subscribe to uh, his newsletter, so make sure you do too. And for all the resources that Hidden mentioned today on the show, uh, you can find the show notes. And again, Hidden, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I, had a, I had a blast. And that's it for another episode of Outside the Valley brought to you by ARC. We created this podcast with the hope that in each episode, you can learn something new from other remote startup people. So if you have any feedback or suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me at jovian at arc.dev. It's J-O-V-I-A-N at A-R-C dot D-E-V. Or you can find us on Twitter at arc.dev. See you next week with another episode of Outside the Valley and ciao.